Today is, uh, is Palm Sunday, and I'm Greg. I haven't been in here in a, in a bit. Uh, and I want you to know, it's not that I'm not here on Sunday morning. It's that I'm usually over in the choir room leading a class for uh, living out. And so it's good to be in here this morning on this Palm, beautiful Palm Sunday. Some of you are wondering why you came back. But it is going to get better. It is spring, and as Pastor Trent said, winter is over. We've put our foot down. But it's Palm Sunday today, and um, we're going through, as all of you know, many of you, and if you're a guest here, we're glad you're here. Uh, if you don't have a church home, I want you to know you have one here at Community. And for those of you who may be on live stream who are watching this service or watch it later, we welcome you here, and we're glad to worship together both online and in, in physical presence here. And if you're ever able to be in this proximity or maybe you're sick, and, and I know there's a, there's a couple because I had, I had a message from someone who said, my mother wants to watch the service you're in, not from the church she's at. I thought, whoa, okay. And it's okay. We're, we are one church, right? But this morning is Palm Sunday. However, in our scripture uh, from Luke, in Luke 19, there's no mention of palms. Did you know that? And uh, we'll go through that scripture in a moment. But what's interesting is, uh, you know, the fact is Luke was a Gentile. He was not a Jew. So palms did not mean what they meant to the Jewish people. And palms originally were used and uh, were waved and there was celebration when the Israelites fled Egypt. And they then celebrated the Feast of Booths. And that was with palm branches. So palm branches showed victory. And, uh, but Luke doesn't bring that up. The fact is, uh, what, what Luke shares in this scripture is the use of cloaks. And maybe what I would say is like a red carpet, in a way, where we think of the maybe Academy Awards or the Oscars when people walk down a red carpet, or how about the bride and the groom when they walk down that sheet, or the, as the bridegroom and the bride meet? There's something beautiful about that. So Luke is now looking at with different lenses in this scripture. And the fact is, I'm going to ask you to think maybe a little differently because Luke is looking through lenses of somewhat of a darkness. He's noting the oppression, the Roman oppression that exists in that time and the Jewish people as well as all people. And then the compounded cruelty that existed there with Herod and Pilate, even on top of that. So the world at that time was under a cloak, I'll say, of or shroud of darkness. But then all of a sudden there's a bank of LED lights that maybe go on. Or I like to share, maybe it's like the 4th of July evening when the fireworks go, and all of a sudden you see a, a most beautiful fireworks, and then it fizzles in the darkness. And now the darkness seems to be just as immense or even greater than it was before. That's, I believe, where Luke is taking us in this scripture this morning. That in a twinkling of an eye in this Judean time, in the, in the road of Judea, as Jesus 
made his way from Jericho to Jerusalem. That uh, it's a dark countryside. It's a dark time. And, uh, but there's a cult. There's cheering crowds. And there are cloaks that are lining the road. Acknowledging a man who ate and drank with sinners and prostitutes, who healed lepers, restored sight to the blind. He cast out demons. He healed the crippled. He embraced women and men and children in a different way. He offered salvation and to countless lives. This is the man who we celebrate today. This maybe glimpse of light this uh, bank of LED lights that flashes and then fades. A boy who three decades, a young man three decades earlier, was what? Was brought gold and frankincense and myrrh by magi who traveled months to go and give homage to a king that they knew would be anointed king of the Jews. They went to Herod. And then they found Jesus in his home and fell down and worshipped him. It's that same little toddler that today is a young man. And now he's on a colt. So I invite you this morning to walk with me in maybe a little bit more of a darkness that Luke shares And I don't want to take away from the kids' palm branches and what they did, because that is noted, but not in this scripture. So listen to me as we look at these words when Jesus comes into the city of Jerusalem as he enters. He said this, and after Jesus had said this to them, this is in Luke 19, he went on ahead going to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill of the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples saying, go to the village ahead of you. And when you enter it, there will be a colt tied there, which has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, tell him, the Lord needs him. The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus. Well, they, they, they went and were just as Jesus had told them. And they found it as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? And they replied, The Lord needs it. And they brought it to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it. And then they put Jesus on the colt. And then as they led him away, the people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near to the place where the road goes down, the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began to joyfully praise God with loud, loud voices because of all the miracles that they had seen him do. And they shouted, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. 
And Jesus replied, if they are quiet, even the stones will cry out. And as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, if you, even you, had only known that on this day, what would bring you peace? But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come when your enemies will build an embankment against you. They will encircle you and hem you in. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. And they will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming. This, my friends, is the word of the Lord. Can we all say thanks be to God? So when we look at this account in Luke 19, what did Luke not include? Well, I said they didn't, he didn't include palms, did he? And he never learned, we never heard the word Hosanna, which we sang earlier, Hosanna. Never heard that word in the scripture. How about this? There was never any mention of children, was there in this, this passage? And how about this? How big was the crowd? Luke notes two times in this passage that it was a crowd of disciples. You see, we may be amiss on this one. It may not have been a huge crowd. It was Jesus' disciples, those that were following him, probably some that he added on his journey from Jericho to Jerusalem. And with that, I want to show you a couple pictures to give you an idea contextually of where this was. So if you would please show the picture, one of them. This is the road that now looks from, uh, would be from Jericho going to Jerusalem. You could see the terrain there. Now, how about the next picture? Okay, now this is Jesus. This is more of a modern picture of Bethany and Bethphage. And you notice the Dome of the Rock up to the left. That's where the dome is. It's over the temple as we know it. It's now where the worshipers of Islam are. So you can see Bethphage and Bethany are close, about two miles from Jerusalem. Interestingly enough, Jesus never spent an overnight. There was never a sleepover in Jerusalem. He spent his time outside of the city. And that happened when he first healed a leper. You may remember the story. He told the leper, don't go and tell anyone what had happened. But he did. And there was so much activity that flourished after that that he could never stay in the city because there were so many people around. He would also always stay outside of the city, and he usually stayed in Bethany, which happened to be where Lazarus was raised. So I'll give you a little idea there. And then I think the next picture, is there another? Yeah. Now this gives you a picture of the terrain that exist. And those three towers that you see in the distance, that is the Mount of Olives that Jesus was heading to. So you can see it wasn't an easy walk. Someone earlier today said, well, how many, that's 20 miles, how, how many would they walk in a day? Well, you can see, not an easy terrain at that time. So it probably took Jesus a few days. And needless to say, he spent time teaching, didn't he? So 
The fact is, this gives us a little picture of that journey Jesus had toward the city of Jerusalem. So maybe a little different image that we have this morning on this joyous Palm Sunday, and I don't want to take that totally away from you, but I want you to think maybe a little differently, that there was a cloak of darkness that existed over that time. And I think that's what Luke is trying to share with us. The fact is, um, there may not have been such a pronounced yelling and screaming by hundreds of people. Um, I don't think it sounded maybe like the Sweet 16 that went on not too long ago and all the, the noise there. What does Luke want you to see? Well, first I want to note that Jesus rides on a colt, not a stallion or not a steed. He doesn't come in. He, he looked probably, I would say, somewhat ridiculous. Show a picture of the colt there. Now imagine Jesus with the cloaks on that colt and his feet were most likely probably dragging in the dust. He probably had to pick his feet up. Colts aren't very big, are they? No. So the fact is, he might have looked a little ridiculous as he was plodding down the Mount of Olives. And uh, maybe the people were trying to simulate that red carpet treatment with their cloaks. With all that mishmash, you can only imagine what their cloaks looked like. Certainly it wasn't a red carpet. Probably just a mixture. And although the disciples were cheering and hailing Jesus as a kind of a king, there's something almost a little desperate about it. Truth is, they look like maybe a bunch of kids playing dress up, trying to convince even themselves that their friend was a king and maybe somewhat of a make-believe kingdom. So they drape whatever is there in acknowledgement of this rabbi that they believe is a king. Truth be known, though, there was a darkness there. And I want to tell you about that darkness that exists because just in the verses before this in Luke 19, Jesus told a parable. It's a pokey parable. It's a parable where Luke shares Jesus' account of judgment. It's a familiar story. You may remember it. I'll give you just the highlights. There was a man of noble character, and he was going to go off and be anointed king in a foreign land and come back. But he had enemies there where he was that didn't like him. He was a hard, he was a ruthless person. And he left them. He left some servants, some minas. Now, a mina is about a three-month wage. And that mina, with one servant, he gave that servant ten minas. Well, his expectation was to come back and they would gain a return on what he had given them. Well, the story goes to the fact is the first servant did multiply those minas. But the, last, the third servant didn't. In fact, the third servant was fearful of this king, of this noble leader. So what he did is he took what he had been given and he put him in a pouch and he buried it. Well, what happened? The parable lives and lives out in a place of judgment. This is where it gets a little pokey. 
because Jesus' parable ends with a judgment to this servant in Luke 19, verse 27. And you may want to read this later today or this week. Because the king subtly refers to these enemies that had resisted his being anointed and uh, orders them killed, executed in front of him. The third servant had stated that this king had a reputation for being hard and ruthless. So this last verse certainly backs it up. So now, all of a sudden, we go from this parable into Jesus now when they, Luke says, after this, he went ahead, going up to Jerusalem. So think of the darkness that existed. The disciples just heard this parable and probably a few others. And they're thinking, what did he say? This judgment that's going to come. And now he goes up to Jerusalem. So there is somewhat of a cloud of darkness, you'd say, over what Luke is talking about here today. But the disciples say this, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest for all the miracles that they had seen him perform. Could it be the kind of king who just, uh, they heard, was this powerful figure in Luke 19 just before? The parable of that ruthless king? Would it not maybe be logical for some, for them, and maybe for us to assume they were still thinking of that powerful figure there in that parable with Jesus? Willing to get tough on all those who resisted his rule? And after all, isn't this the kind of messianic king the people wanted? Now I'm going to take you to Luke and Acts just to tell you the disciples still didn't see Jesus the way he came. Because in Acts, 40 days after the resurrection, the disciples still were of the belief and wanted an answer to this political question. Wouldn't you, Jesus, come and overthrow the Roman Empire, crush Pilate and Herod and Caesar and restore the kingdom of Israel? They still, still thought that this was going to happen. So maybe they had that same thinking on their mind on Palm Sunday. Don't you think? Thinking of why Jesus came. They were looking for a powerful political figure. But this morning, I will tell you, my dear sisters and brothers, children, who I love dearly. The fact is, uh, there was an overshadowing judgment and a darkness that existed. And the reality is, there was a misunderstanding in who Jesus was. They had it. They didn't see him. And on Jesus' behalf, he wanted to avoid that understanding. He tried to teach that in all the ways he interacted with people. And the fact is, he chose a colt, not a stallion, not a steed. He forsook earthly power. You see, what the Roman people, what people were used to in that time, 
was when a military leader came into a city. He came in with pomp and show. He came in with a full battalion, horseback, infantry, the spoils of what they had just conquered. And they came through what they called the Porta Triumphalis. They came right into the city to show their stuff. Jesus didn't come in that way, did he? And now, what happens next? Jesus weeps over the city. Can you imagine this? This this king. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And now, he's weeping. Now, think about it. What better way to dampen a party? How would you like to go to a party and the guest of honor is crying? I think I'd want to leave, wouldn't you? The fact is, there's no better way to kill a party. In fact, I was reminded of the song that came out. Now, those of you who are a little older may remember this. Those of you younger will want to try to remember it. And that is a song that came out, I think it was in 1963. Yes, I was eight years old. It was, it's my party and I'll cry if I want to. Cry if I want to. The fact is, Jesus did the same thing. The party's in high gear. And suddenly this guest of honor, a man who would be king, begins to weep. And to make things worse, he makes a prediction. He predicts what? That Jerusalem will be overthrown, people will be dashed to the ground, and the children within the walls will also be dashed to the ground. And every stone will be toppled over. There will not be one stone left on another. Because you did not acknowledge the time of God's coming. But the fact is, they didn't see it, did they? It was hidden from their eyes. They didn't see who Jesus was. That he came. He came as a servant. And wasn't that Did they think that with all the singing and praising that the disciples did? Was it about that very moment? And the fact is, the answer was, no, it wasn't about all that. The reality was that only in the coming week would Jesus, what? He would be betrayed. He would be denied. He would suffer torture and persecution and be killed. Fact is, It wasn't about power or politics at all. So we have a hint about this dark judgment. And yes, those LED lights, that bank went off, but now they dim. So what is this Sunday all about? What's it all about? What does this infamous scene mean for us as we journey in this week to Golgotha? So maybe this morning as we looked at Luke 19, it brought you maybe, as it did to me, maybe an aha moment. Maybe it reminds us a fundamental fact. The fact is that the gospel, to bring the gospel to the world. Our world is obsessed, just as that world was, with power, with greed, with sex, and with money. And we as Christians should look more like the children 
that are noted in the temple. When Jesus went in and overturned the tables of the money changers and those selling, it was the children that sang, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. It was the children that saw. Maybe in a way we should be more like children, shouldn't we? I have to tell you, I love all of you here. I have a special love for the children here at Community Church. I love the simplicity of their faith. You could see it in their eyes as they came down waving the palm branches. Yes, Palm Sunday really wasn't a celebratory gala. We forget. It's not about cloaks and red carpets, about Academy Awards and Oscars and all that we try have tried to make this. The fact is, it's about how we should follow in the footsteps and in the dust of the feet of the Rabbi Jesus. Yes, we learned earlier in Luke, make every effort to enter to the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will try to enter, but will be unable to. Then Jesus said, at the end, he said, people from the east and the west and the north and the south will come and take their place at the feast of the table in the kingdom of God. For the last will be first, and the first will be last. You see, we have been given riches the riches that were talked about by the minas by that parable earlier can be translated to us and even then to the riches of the gospel. What do we do with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do we put it under a spiritual mattress and not allow that to grow in and through us and to share the good news to others? Jesus came to seek and to save those who were lost. We're not called to squander or bury those riches. Maybe our tendency is to begin this holy week in the brilliance of rejoicing crowds, waving palms. But the fact is, Luke reverses that. And surrounded by, yes, a cloak of darkness, with just one piercing bright light, Jesus. You see, also on this day, Luke doesn't note it, but on this Palm Sunday is the day that the Jewish people would select their Passover lamb. That happened on this day. They would choose their Passover lamb. And isn't it interesting that it's the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Isaiah 53 says in verses four through six, surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. And all we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him our shepherd, that great shepherd of the sheep, 
the Lamb of God, the iniquity of us all. My friends, that is what we should remember of Palm Sunday. It means to, it means to be and to follow Jesus that we bear our cross daily, that we recognize our sin, and that we come to a place of humility and repentance, realizing that dark solemnity of Jesus' mission to save us from the wrath of God. For he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing taking the very nature of a human being, formed in human likeness and found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and was obedient to death, even to death on a cross. My friends, a cloak of darkness envelops this Palm Sunday. And I would ask you this. If you can envision the tear-stained cheeks of Jesus and maybe his bloodshot eyes as he weeped over the city and he weeps over us who do not see him. When you come to that place to see those tear-stained cheeks and those bloodshot eyes, then I will tell you, you are on the gospel path as we journey together this week to the cross. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are our God. We thank you that as Luke has shared with us, there's a shroud of darkness that covered that time in the world. And in many ways, that same shroud exists in our world today with all the unrest that is so evident within our political world, as well as even within our families, Lord. It goes very deep to the brokenness. And Lord, we're, we're called to confess our sins. We thank you that the folks here this morning, the young people and those who have desired to join the community of faith here at Community Church, recognize not only who they are, but whose they are in Christ. So Lord, this morning we pray that we will follow you and that we remember it's not about working from the top down, but from the bottom up. Lord, give us a servant heart. Help us to be the people you call us to be, to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, our living Lord and Savior, and all God's people said, Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him will, have, will not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. My friends, if you profess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Go now and live a life of worship and of praise, showing others 
a glimpse of light in this dark world. Blessings to y'all.